Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Mission Matters Money Podcast, your source for all things money. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming book groups, just head on over to the website, missionmatters.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today is a very special reunion 2020 episode. What is that? That's when I had a guest on in the past, and I liked him so much, I had to bring him right on back. Uh, so today's special return guest is Chris Morgan, and he's a VP and Senior Portfolio Manager over at Members Trust Company. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me on again, Adam. All right, so uh, excited to get into today's topic. So we're going to get into some market trends, um, a lot of volatility going on right now, and maybe some things that you've been doing to adjust in your clients' portfolios. Um, but before we do that, I don't want to assume that all of our new listeners caught your first episode. So let's just start with a little bit of a background of what you're doing over at Members Trust Company, please. Thanks, Adam. So I've got to tell you a quick story. Over the past 12 years, I've worked at various financial firms, including Wells Fargo, Macquarie, and First American Bank. At Wells, I was an equities and fixed income analyst on a $300 million book of business. At Macquarie, I was a utilities stock analyst who dealt with billionaire Wall Street hedge fund managers. And at First American Bank, I managed the firm's $500 million of wealth management assets. I learned a great deal from interacting with and helping extremely wealthy individuals. But then I joined Members Trust Company and got goosebumps on my first day on the job. That happened as I was thumbing through Members Trust Company client files and I saw a retired teacher with a $250,000 account, a firefighter with a $500,000 account, and a disabled army general with a $2 million account. These are accounts that some of my former employers would not have taken because they were too small to make a substantial profit. But Members Trust Company took them because we're owned by nonprofits. That client-first attitude plays out in our investment process as well. Because Members Trust Company is owned by nonprofits, rather than looking to maximize fees by putting clients in the highest possible fee investments, as is all too common in the industry, our goal is actually to minimize fees for clients. We do this by actively managing exchange-traded funds, or ETFs, which are like mutual funds, except that they trade throughout the day and carry important advantages in terms of tax efficiency, transparency, and cost. Because they trade throughout the day, we can take advantage of opportunities as they arise, while with mutual funds, you'd have to wait to trade until the stock market closes at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Mutual funds often pay out material capital gains distributions, which are taxable, while this is typically not the case with ETFs. And it's also worth noting that during the recent market sell-off, many individual securities were not trading due to illiquidity. Yet ETFs that bundled these same underlying securities traded continually with plenty of liquidity. The ETFs in our portfolios charge about 0.1% on average compared to mutual funds, which often charge upwards of a full 1% annually. That 0.9% annual difference may not sound like much, but it really adds up when compounding over the course of, say, 5 or 10 years. The broad approach of actively managing ETF portfolios was largely pioneered by our chief investment strategist, John Largent, 
who was instrumental in taking Members Trust Company from $60 million in assets under management in 2004 to about $3 billion in assets under management today. In addition to predominantly using ETFs, relative downside protection and tax sensitivity have been key growth drivers for Members Trust Company. That relative downside protection has been illustrated in a Forbes article, which found that we had the number one and number nine best performing managed ETF portfolios during the 2008 financial crisis. As for tax sensitivity, the portfolio managers at Members Trust Company have always been careful to not just simply plug a new client's portfolio into one of our models on day one and generate large taxable gains, but rather carefully manage each individual account to be as efficient as possible when it comes to the tax impacts of our investment decisions. And so I feel very fortunate to have the privilege of co-managing Members Trust Company portfolios along with five other portfolio managers, all of whom are highly qualified with their CFA designations, and to see that Members Trust Company is continuing to increase our staff count up to 39 full-time employees during this coronavirus crisis, while most other places I look, people are sadly being laid off. Yeah, that's um so appreciate the background, also appreciate the um the kind of overview on the way the portfolios are put together and also the um underlying investment instruments. So that being said, um and so it's, I think it's also a great transition. So we know what's going on right now with uh with the coronavirus. I mean, as of this recording, so we're recording on April 16th, 2020. Um so you know, a lot of volatility in the market. So where do you see this going and what kind of like changes are you are you making in portfolios to kind of uh, hedge this <laughs> so uh, I suppose that's what everyone was waiting for in terms of hearing about my stock market outlook and so mm -hmm. it does seem new coronavirus cases may have peaked in China back on February 12th March 21st for Italy March 26th in Spain 27th in Germany April 3rd in France April 4th for the US and April 10th in the UK which are the seven countries with the highest totals of coronavirus cases. It's not a coincidence that the stock market or equity market, as measured by the S&P 500 U.S. Stock Market Index, put in a bottom around late March. While coronavirus cases are peaking at different times in different cities, it's not yet clear if someone who already had the coronavirus can easily get it again, and we've yet to be able to broadly deploy a well-proven coronavirus vaccine against the coronavirus Generally speaking, we are seeing some encouraging signs. We don't know if the March 23rd stock market lows will hold permanently or not, though I would note that economic recessions coincide with 30% equity market drawdowns on average, and the S&P 500 has already declined approximately 35% from its peak to trough over the past few months. After the recent stock market rebound, the S&P 500 is now down 17% from its all-time high. If you're worried that this could be as bad as 2008 or one of the worst stock market sell-offs of all time, which we don't expect, just know that even if you bought in August 2008 when the S&P was down 17% from its all-time high, you'd be up over 171% today, meaning a million-dollar portfolio would now be worth over $2.7 million. So I think that helps put things in perspective and illustrates how powerful compounding returns in equity markets over the long term can be if you buy stocks when they're down and are patient. 
but perhaps the short-term market outlook could depend on how quickly governments remove the various stay-at-home orders. If the stay-at-home orders were to last longer than investors currently expect, it may contain the coronavirus itself, but it could make financial matters worse, particularly for small businesses and industries such as restaurants, hotels, airlines, cruise lines, movie theaters, etc. However, I would note that the stock market tends to bottom before the economic data bottoms, so it's not necessarily surprising that we've seen the stock market rebound even as the economic data continues to get worse. That's because economic data is generally lagging or backward-looking in nature, while the stock market is forward-looking. What we do strongly believe at Members Trust Company is that the stock market will eventually make new all-time highs, at which point investors will look back at these historic times and realize this was an attractive buying opportunity for long-term investors. Now, the U.S. Federal Reserve, through their purchases, have driven down return potentials just about anywhere except for U.S. stocks. For example, the 10-year Treasury yield is below 1%, meaning if you could give the U.S. government your money for 10 years, deal with the interest rate volatility during those 10 years, and then have less than a 1% annual return before taxes to show for it. For most investors, less than 1% returns won't be sufficient if the Federal Reserve achieves its inflation target of 2% annually over the long term, meaning if all you do is buy the 10-year U.S. government bonds, you likely won't even be able to keep up with the inflation in your cost of living expenses. And the Federal Reserve is even including both investment-grade corporate bonds and non-investment-grade corporate bond exposures in its portfolio. Non-investment-grade corporate bonds are also known as junk bonds because they have a relatively high probability of defaulting and not paying back what is owed to investors. And so, given in light of your views on the market, I mean, what are you doing um, with clients' portfolios in terms of adjusting? Good question, Adam. So, we made sure we had no to minimal junk bond exposure in our models on the fixed income side of portfolios at the market top and continue to avoid junk bond exposure in models. Junk bonds have sold off far more than higher quality investment grade bonds. We also kept our corporate bond duration low at the market top and continue to keep it low today. That just means we focused our fixed income exposures on bonds that mature in the relatively near future, which minimizes the volatility in the underlying bond prices. In the market sell-off over the past few months, longer-term corporate bond exposures sold off harder than the shorter-term corporate bond exposures in our models. After the market sold off, we modestly increased risk by reducing our exposure to short-term treasuries and increasing our exposure to short-term corporate bonds. Since then, short-term corporate bonds have had a larger rebound than short-term treasuries. On the equity side, we were underweight equity at the stock market top and only went up to neutral weight equities after the S&P 500 declined approximately 9 to 10% from highs. We avoided being slightly overweight equities in models until stocks got close to their lows in mid-March. After stocks rebounded over 15% from our most recent purchases near the March lows, we took some profits in stocks by rebalancing many of our more conservative accounts back down to target equity allocations. I'd also point out that when the markets were high, we were cautious to make sure strategic equity targets in investment policy statements, or IPSs, 
were not imprudently high relative to individual client circumstances. As such, most of our clients who changed their IPSs during the sell-off felt comfortable enough to actually increase equity targets as opposed to bailing out on the stock market. And now those clients who opportunistically increased equities are benefiting from the stock market rebound. No, that's great. Um, and so, Chris, that being said, um, last, I mean, I can talk to you about this all day. I have like 30 more questions, but um, we're about <laughs> out of time. Um, la last question, two-part question. So you hinted and or you gave a pretty good story on some of the types of clients that you work with um, in, in the beginning, but I'd like to ask again. So number one, um, what are the right types of um, clients and or fit for a member's trust company, number one. Number two, what's the best way for people that are listening to this right now if they want to get more information to follow up? So in terms of uh, potential clients for our business, a lot of times they're members at credit unions, but that's not always the case. You don't have to be a member at a credit union to work with us. I would say broadly anyone who is looking for guidance on their financial planning or, or more specifically their investments. We do trust planning. We do estate planning. We have all sorts of uh, financial services that you can find in one place here at Members Trust Company. And so if that sounds like something you're interested in, you're looking for guidance uh, with a company that's owned by nonprofit companies, a company that is always seeking to reduce and minimize your fees as much as possible, those are the types of people who I would direct towards Members Trust Company. And so I know I covered a lot of ground today, and so for those of you who have questions, my direct line is 813-386-8700. My email address is chris.morgan at memberstrust.com. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to my LinkedIn page, linkedin.com forward slash inindigonancy forward slash chris hyphen morgan hyphen CFA. If you want to learn more about Members Trust Company, please check out our website, memberstrust.com. Any other questions, Adam? No, it's fantastic, and I've been great having you on the show today, Chris. Um, appreciate you coming back for this reunion 2020 episode. Going to have to bring you back on in uh, 2021 to see how this year played out for everyone. And uh, to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave me a review on the, on the Apple iTunes store, and if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, Mission Matters Money, um, don't forget, um, give us a subscribe there, but leave us some uh, uh, some comments on the video. I'd uh, love to hear what's going on in your world and what kind of businesses you're working on. And Chris, thanks again for coming back on the show. It's been a good time.